Hi, I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Vlasic. And welcome to Generation BSC, where Kate and I read our way through Babysitter's Club and talk about it as semi-grown women. <laughs> okay, we're grown. I think technically, we're, yes, Yes, we we're grown. grown. Yes, I, I um, just this week had drinks with one of my oldest and dearest friends from high school, and we had very much like that cognitive dissonance minute of being like, oh no, we're the adults now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like twice as old as when we became friends. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like for someone in high school, it's like, oh yeah, we're, yeah, we've been around, we've been on this earth for quite some time. He had a much, much younger sister um, who was, who was always around. She was like three or four while we were um, seniors in high yeah. school and we were, you know, catching up on the family and she's like, yeah, Amy's graduating college. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh God, I'm old. <laughs> so hi Jeff. <laughs> um but yes, so um, we are old, and that's the whole point. We're going to talk about, well, not old, but... Not old for this earth. Not old for this <laughs> earth, but old for us is what yes. it's going to feel like. So in any case, we're taking our now adult perspective yes. and our perspective as part of that little sliver of generation between Gen X and Millennial and talking about how that applies with Babysitter's Club, yes. what we learned and how we grew. Right. How we perceive it. As we are today versus how we perceived it when we were kids reading them. Because that's why it's Generation BSC, because we grew up reading these and now, I don't know. It's, I don't, our micro generation was like the target audience for this. Yeah. So it's funny. It, just in class this week, we were having some discussion around, um, in, in the classes that I, I trained for work, we were having some discussion around that, around generations and um, what things people knew and what things people didn't and how it was interesting that there were some things that even parts of generations missed out on because there was like a, a flash moment where it was mm-hmm. like a big deal. Um, apparently, uh, I don't really watch a lot of late night television. I'm not, not a, I don't really have cable, so I, I watch things later. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently Seth Meyers has a segment where um, he shows his young millennial writer things from when we were young that she doesn't <laughs> know. And then, but instead of making it be mean, like, look how dumb you are, she turns it around and, yeah. like, shows him stuff and is like, do you know what this is? And some of the things were, like, Club Penguin and Neopets, which I would have heard of. Yeah. I think those were after us. Th- but that's what I but mean. like, like just so, barely. So they were, they were both technically considered, so Babysitter's Club was mil- for millennials, Neopets was for millennials, and yet never the twain shall meet. Exactly. So there's a wide berth of generations get sort of lumped together. And as more and more of the world changes so quickly, I don't know how much that really makes sense. Right. To have these like 20 year gaps or groups that are like, these are all one thing. It's like, eh, actually those maybe like five years is one thing. Yeah. The, the world has completely changed in the last 10 years. Right. Let alone the last 20. Um, so it's, it's, somewhat of a folly to say that to lump people in in that way right so um anyway wow we are we back at our introduction episode like diving i deep mean into... it, it's been a while so that's true we'll we'll touch on it again just in case people are as jumping our, in here and that's true our our vision of it is evolving as we go forward with this podcast right. and um find that there are things that we um we're expecting to talk about that we're not talking about as much and other things right. that i have have taken us by surprise. So. Exactly. Um, so what book are we talking about this week? We are talking about book eight, which is called Boy Crazy Stacy, which Ugh. we have talked about multiple times, the, the use of the phrase boy crazy um, and how it was only used for girls. And also, um, I, I did like 
tweet out a picture when I was reading this. We had a conversation in an earlier episode about how Boy Crazy Stacy did not fit the color scheme yes, of the book. It was a much brighter yellow. It, it's not the bright yellow. Oh, interesting. It's like the same pale yellow that like fits. And I was like, did we make this up? No. So it was definitely the um, – we were working off of the – Digital library, remember? Because we, we were using the digital... Right, but I'm saying I remember as a child oh, thinking oh. that it didn't fit. And I guess maybe I was just... I didn't remember correctly and I was going based on us looking at those pictures. But like, it, I guess I internalized it and like believed that that was also what the book looked like. So I'm wondering if maybe now looking back, um, it was a misprint. Maybe there was like a run of them that got printed with the wrong color cover. Um or the digital one was printed incorrectly. That seems more likely. That's fair. Yes, that's probably more likely. But I mean, I mean if we're remembering it, oh, I guess it could be the, um, what's it called? Mandela the effect. M- Mandela effect. <laughs> Berenstein Bears. You're right. Exactly. Um, I still, no. I'm, I, I can see the A on the cover and nope. It's the Berenstein Bears. Yes. We went to Cedar Point a lot. I played in that tree. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, Boy Crazy Stacy cover... Cover art aside, yes. The title is not great, Bob. Um, Accurate. So let's let's find out if the content is any better than the title would have us believe. Yes. Spoiler: probably not much. So here's the back of the book. <clears throat> Stacy and Marianne are babysitting for the Pike family for two whole weeks at the New Jersey Shore. Things are great in Sea City. There's a gorgeous old house, a boardwalk, plenty of sun and sand, and the cutest boy Stacy has ever seen. Marianne knows that Scott the lifeguard is way too old for Stacy, but Stacy's in love. She fixes Scott's lunch, fetches his sodas, and spends all her time with him, instead of the Pike kids. Suddenly, Marianne's doing the work of two babysitters, and she doesn't like it one bit. But how can she tell Stacy that Scott just isn't interested without breaking Stacy's heart? <sighs> what a dilemma, Marianne. So dramatic. And you know, not really. That's not kind of how that all plays out. I mean, the the last paragraph about Marianne is maybe not the best, aside from yes. she is doing the work of two. But, like, the rest of it... The rest know, of it's pretty accurate. The rest of it's pretty accurate. I'm just... I'm, I'm more focusing on the whole, like, Marianne taking a stand and standing up to... Spoiler alert. Marianne really lets herself get ra- railroaded. Yes. And even at the end of the book, as we'll talk about, I... The resolution leaves something to be desired. So yes. we'll get there. Before before we dive into that, um, we'll note, as always, that this was uh, released um, in November of 1987. Yes. So nice back-to-school treat, right. reading all about <laughs> summer, about vacation. summer vacation. Um, and this was written, actually, by Anna M. Martin, as all the, the first 35 are. Um, so, Kate, why don't you fill us in on what actually happened in the book? Okay. So the Babysitter's Club generally, um, the Babysitter's Club has gone their separate ways for conveniently scheduled two-week vacations all at the same time, which kind of random. Like, we're all going away for two weeks and it's the exact same time. Yeah, of of a three-month summer. Right. Everybody's gone at the exact same time period. Exactly. So Marianne and Stacy go to Sea City, New Jersey with the Pikes. Claudia goes to a mountain resort in New Hampshire. Dawn goes back to California to visit her dad. And Christy holds down the fort in Stony Brook, bonding with her newly blended family. The girls all do some babysitting and send each other postcards with updates in lieu of writing in the club notebook. The only non-Pike babysitting story involves Louie cutting his foot and Karen and Andrew using steel wool to wash Watson's old Ford while Christy is distracted with Louie. Thankfully, Watson wanted an excuse to paint that car purple, so it's totally fine. There are so many things in that sentence. Yes. That just, which, again, yes, we, we'll we will get, into. get to. Um, Marianne discovers how badly she sunburn, sunburns, with kicks off her, which kicks off her series-long <laughs> systematic avoiding of the sun. 
We'll also get to that because yes. I have feelings. Yeah, because that is something that did not register with me in the slightest. And Kate has brought up mm, conservatively 35 times since we've started talking <laughs> about this book. It's accurate. Okay, so the Stacy specific uh, portion of the story. Stacy falls in LUV love with an 18-year-old lifeguard at the beach and ends up letting her babysitting duties fall on Marianne's shoulders while she spends all her time with the lifeguard with while everyone is at the beach each day. The inevitable happens when Stacy gets her heart broken when she and Marianne see the lifeguard kissing an age-appropriate girl on the boardwalk one night. Marianne was getting help from another male mother's helper at the beach while Stacy dropped the ball, and it turns out he has a cute cousin. On the last day of the vacation, the girls go on a double date, and Stacy gets her first kiss in the Tunnel of Love ride on the boardwalk. Oh, that that was indelibly printed on my brain, that Tunnel, the of, tunnel love. of Love. Again, L-U-V love. Yeah, of L-U-V love. And I love... Love for real that she calls it LUV love because that is absolutely the difference mm-hmm. between what really falling in love and what it felt like as a 13 year old girl to be in right. love. Ooh, I loved lots of people exactly at that age. Well, and over the course of the book, she writes two boys' names Stacy plus a different boy's name equals LUV love on the in the sand on the beach multiple times. Mul- like, it, yeah, over the course of two weeks, she's she has two different LUV loves. Yeah, um, fickle, fickle is a twelve-year-old girl, yes. which I guess it, that is where like the boy crazy Stacy comes into it. But also, I think that's just normal. It's normal thirteen-year-old girl yeah. activities. It doesn't mean she's boy crazy. Boy crazy is not a thing. Yeah, it's a a very gendered term that is really shitty and only yeah. applied to girls because boys are just considered studs and flirts and right. Um, it, somebody pointed out to me the other day, and I. I don't remember if it was, like, an actual person or if it was, you know, the internet. Um, <laughs> but the the way that we absolutely sexualize babies is so creepy. When they're like, ooh, you're going to be such a ladies' man. Yeah. All the little girls at daycare are going to love you. And I'm like, that is wild. Like, no wonder we have such skewed views right. of. Yeah, or even, like, when you're holding a baby and, like, a, a a baby of the opposite gender because they, no one would ever do this with a baby of the same gender. But like, you know, I'm holding a, a boy baby and he's like reacting cutely to me and like, oh, he has such a crush on you. It's like, yeah. he's a fucking baby. Yeah, it's, it is. It's so, it's such a bizarre. And then when girls start after they've been told that whole, oh, you're so pretty, all the boys are going to like you, blah, 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 blah. And then they start expressing interest and it's, oh no, how right. dare you? How could you, how could you like all these boys? Such mis- mixed messaging. Yes. Well, n- and not to mention the mixed messaging of, oh, he's only mean to you because he likes you. Oh, right. Wh- like, <laughs> Which we've touched on. Let's talk about how damaging that is to yeah. a girl psyche. Um, I mean, there are women, grown women who are still following that, that advice. Well, he's only mean to me because he likes me so much. Exactly. Spoiler alert. If he's mean to you, if he doesn't call you, if right. he doesn't make plans with you. He's just not that into you. He's just not that into you. Yes. <laughs> okay. We're, we're back in the 90s. We're having our sex <laughs> in the city. We're, we're going back to sex in the city again. Um, Which, side note, I didn't even really watch Sex in the City, but like all of those like references have been so ingrained in our culture that like I have internalized them. I definitely have not seen every episode. Oh my gosh, you know what? That would be a really fun. Let's remember. Well, we're this is literally being recorded, so we will remember. (laughs) Um, But that is need to go on our very special episode list. Um, Things that we have never actually seen, but know everything about. What has permeated our culture so much? Because I feel like there's a lot of things where I'm like. I'll quote something and I'll be like, I've never actually Yeah, I, seen, I don't actually know exactly what that means. Um, so A Christmas Story is not in our family. I mean, I've seen it mm-hmm. because it's always on. Actually, come to think of it, I don't know that I've ever actually sat down and seen it from like 
start to finish. I feel relatively certain that in the 24 hours of whatever, yeah. TNT or TBS, yeah, I have TBS. seen every scene before. But I've never, like, sat down with intention and watched it. And yet I know every line. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas Vacation was like that. I didn't see that all the way through until college. <laughs> I don't think we need to do this remembering now. Oh, yeah, good point. Sorry. I got very excited. Very special episode. In very the future, you will yes. hear us go through this. But I can see your, like, wheels turning. I'm like, oh, I can see this going, like... There's another hour, at least, of Lauren just going with all of these things. So I'm going to cut you off there. Not Good to call. be rude, but... But stay on track. <laughs> Let's also get back to Boy Crazy Stacy because we're already like 15 minutes in, and we've barely talked about Boy Crazy Stacy. <laughs> Good point. Well, that's... Uh, partially is because there's not a ton of there there in this particular... I mean, there's true. some things. Absolutely. But um, compared to some of our recent episodes... Yes. Um, I feel like... And maybe I'm... So one of the things we talked about as we were starting to talk is how the more we read them, the more things are, like, coming back and mm-hmm. sort of slipping in. And we're – not clearly, obviously. We're still conflating a lot of yes. books and, and things. But um, I'm coming to sort of vaguely remember that the summer books were a little boring. Like, there wasn't really mm-hmm. a lot – they were just sort of – Because there's fewer opportunities for, like, other characters. Like, Alan Gray and Cokie Mason, for example, are not yeah. going to necessarily be in the summer books – because they're not at school, you know, because like that's sort of the thing is like when you're a kid, you kind of forget that like in the summer, you only really see the, your friends because you have to like seek them out. Exactly. As opposed to like, I'm in school with these people every day. I see everybody. And I grew up in a much, well, both of us grew up in much bigger towns than what it sounds like Stony Brook is. Right. So it was, you know, an easy 20, 30 minute drive to get to a friend's house. So that wasn't something that wasn't right. like so you, you weren't seeing them you, every you day. You walk across the street and hang right. out with them. Yeah, well, right, because I mean, I think even at the beginning of this book, when Stacy's going through the description of everyone, like she does point out, aside from Christy having just moved, like they all live basically on the same street, aside from Don, who lives very close. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like, of course, you guys see each other all the time. Yeah, Don is. I think they all live within, like, I'd say maybe a five block radius, according to the map in the back of the <laughs> um, our Bible. That what right. is it called the Babysitter's Club companion. The, yeah, or like the the complete guide to the Babysitter's, Babysitter's Club, Club or something, something like that. Like that. Um, but we both have copies of that that we that we will occasionally reference. And yeah. there's, Although I'm there's trying not to reference it too much because I don't Same. want spoilers. Same. <laughs> but like any, if I need to remember what somebody's name Yeah, or, or like how I looked up Elizabeth E.D. Watson. Yes, exactly. Or Brewer Watson, whatever. Um, Watson Brewer. No, Watson's his name. Brewer Brewer's, is her new last name. Yes, Watson Thomas, Brewer. Thomas Watson. Thomas Brewer. Oh my Thomas God. Brewer. Brewer is no. their new last name. Christy Thomas. Thomas was the old last name. Yes, no, I'm saying Elizabeth Edie Thomas, Thomas Brewer. Oh, but I was mixing me. it up many times. Yes. That's what I meant. Okay. Five we minutes got there. ago when I started so, saying her name. A uh, little behind the scenes peek behind the curtain. It is very early Sunday morning and we're yes. both a little. We, we did have to reschedule rather than our normal Tuesday evening. <laughs> it is Sunday. Right now it's nine in the morning and we've been recording for almost 20 minutes. So. <laughs> That's how it is. So we're a little punchy. It's a little bit um, different. I also slept for like 11 hours last night and it was amazing. I fell so asleep jealous. on the couch at 8 o'clock. I, on the other hand, my dog decided that waiting till 6 a.m. was entirely too long for too breakfast. Long. He was so hungry. 4 a.m. he decided to jump on me and lick my face and say, breakfast. Breakfast time. Um, I did not reinforce that behavior. That is good. Yeah. Um, Training <laughs> is a good thing. So uh, back to Boy Crazy Stacy. Yes. So, so I guess our big first great idea is the one we've always been talking about, maturity. But in this case, I think it really centers around – this is the first real 
real romantic mm-hmm. boy plotline we get into. Like, there was some of it during um, Claudia and the Phantom phone calls that right. introduced their crushes. Right, and with Trevor and... Claudia he... was in love with Trevor Sanborn, right. born, and he was absolutely incidental to the right. actual, like, scary plot. Yeah, it like, was more was like... background I, noise. I, I have a crush on him, but it's not, like, this obsessive LUV love that Stacey exhibits when they get to the beach. And that is really... I mean, that's the whole focus of the whole book mm-hmm. is is these relationships. And so did you ever have a inappropriate older crush that was – I am I mean, I'm sure that I did, but I have zero recollection of it. And also, like, I know if, if I did, I did not react the way Stacey did because I – was not sophisticated and I did not feel yes I sophisticated didn't, well I mean it's exactly I know about herself teasing. you know like I did not feel about myself the way that Stacy feels about herself like I Fair. had very little self-confidence so and I did not feel cute I didn't I mean like I knew I was pretty quote-unquote like whatever but like I was an overweight child mm-hmm. I was awkward I had braces for a while like I, I did not feel confident, so I would never have seen – I might have had a crush on an 18-year-old when I was 13. I would never have talked to that person, um, ever. Even more so, that's a great point. I didn't even really, like, think about that. Real healthy self-esteem. Not only does she um, – is crazy about him and go talk to him, she genuinely believes, mm-hmm. like, 100% that – yeah, she, he one likes of, her back. One of the postcards that she writes to Claudia, like, updating her on what's going on with her, she's like, I think he likes me back. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's there's a level of delusion there that is right. very manlike. So good for you, Stacey. Uh, yeah, I'm right. Like, way to put it out there. Yeah. she uh, Like, she, she sees what she wants and she goes for it, which, again, it's a 13-year-old going after an 18-year-old, so maybe dial it back. But, like... And even Way when, to go for the self-confidence. And even when she does, I mean, she gets her heart broken a little, but she's pretty clear. She's like, nah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, well, and she even, doesn't take I, it as an indictment of herself, I Yeah. Mean. Well, and even at the beginning when she finds out that she's eight, that he's 18, she's kind of like, he's probably a little older for me, but I still like him, so I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Like, she, she knows that 18 is too old for a 13-year-old, but she's also like... But I'm cute, and I'm fun, and maybe he likes me. And love, every book, every movie, every song tells us that love has obstacles worth right. overcoming. And, exactly. Um, just try a little harder, and yeah. ugh, like that doesn't lead anywhere poor. Um, it's great, great advice. Yes. Just never, keep, ever give up. No matter how up. much someone says, no, I'm not interested in you, <laughs> do not take no for an answer. Yes. You Lloyd Dob- Dobbler the hell out of that oh, bitch. Oh, God. Oh, not, not me. I didn't mean bitch like the woman. I mean bitch like the situation. That didn't. Yeah. That, uh, no, but. And I, clearly, hopefully my sarcasm is coming across. Yes. Loud and clear. I mean, I got it. But okay, just in case the, the folks at home are confused, Lauren did not mean anything she just said. <laughs> <laughs> just to help you out there. Just just to be clear. Um, and if you really believe that I was saying that, maybe we've got some issues <laughs> I know. in tone. After the last, well, I guess what, we're on episode eight. Yeah, which is the ninth or book eight ninth episode. If you have not figured out what kind of people we are, <laughs> and you thought that was serious, maybe we need to re-record every, every episode because yes. we haven't been clear. <laughs> we, we've got some things to sort through. Exactly, but yeah, even um, so, I did. I had a. Um, I was a little bit older than her. I was a freshman in high school, and I was in love with a senior. He was the dreamiest thing in the entire world, and even I was like fully like Stacy going. In the back of my brain, the rational part of my brain was, yeah, he's too old. This is 
there's no way he is right. going to be interested in a 14 year old. But he was so kind to me and um, much nicer than Scott. He wasn't is, just sending you on errands. He was all not day. blatantly using me. Um, but and, did you get a whistle as a gift? No, <laughs> I didn't. I don't have any keepsakes, sadly. Um, but he was, I mean, he was obviously very aware of my crush. I was. 14 and not terribly subtle but he was always so kind and never like overly it never made me feel bad about it um and um it was such a perfect like first big right crush because it was completely safe there was no right and he was so nice to you exactly it It was so kind so it never i was lucky in that like stacy when when the inevitable when i realized he was dating another age-appropriate girl right um it it didn't like i wasn't it never felt about me Mm-hmm. Because I knew he liked me as a person. He was very clear about right. liking me as a person. And he made every effort to, like, include me. He was a theater person. You know, it was right. theater. Right, so right. It was a, It was a little different. It wasn't like I was, like, going to the senior lunch table or anything. <laughs> right. But... You were spending time together anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And But he would include me in conversations and things. And I just... Reading this, that's... Uh, it brought me back yeah. to that time of that, like... You know nothing's going to happen, but maybe there's right. that. There's, there's always that small a chance, possibility maybe. in the back of your brain, you know. And it's so funny. Just I was thinking about that. Was I was writing notes on this and reading and what we want to talk about. I was like, you know what? There's still small, tiny little corner of my heart that is like, oh man, if I ran into him today, now as grownups, what would that be like? <laughs> blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't. I don't think I'm going to remember his last name. Right. Um, no, that's not true. I remember his full name, Pat Busher. So, Pat Busher, if you're listening. Um, but he, um, yeah, no, I have no, no idea. He graduated and that was... Right, and he was gone. Yeah. So, it's been far longer than I care to remember. Um, but there's there's always that little place for mm-hmm. you in your in your little heart, especially because I was not like Stacy in that I was not fickle. Right. I was very... It's him. It was a full, like, long-term love affair. Um, what about you? When you when you had crushes, were you in and out of them constantly? Were they intense? Were they mild? What was your? I I don't really remember. I mean, I really I because I, I was such an awkward kid. Like, I did have crushes, but like, I, I maybe I just like have internalized that and like repressed it because like I was so awkward in like middle school in particular that I'm just like. I don't really want to think about what I was like when it comes to boys. Fair. Because, like, I, I, I did not have my first kiss until I was 14. Um, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, my first kiss was, I was in my teens as yeah, well. It, so was, it was not young, but, um, we did, I did marry Kevin Dunnigan behind the dumpster in third grade. That was, <laughs> uh, and then he divorced me from my best friend the next year, like, literally wrote, I oh, divorce boy. you on a piece of paper, and he goes, I need your signature. <laughs> so um, it's funny. Wow, I just had, like, that flashback. It's funny that we talk about all the things that we didn't think kids were aware of, um, and yet, no, we we were too. Like, we knew enough to know that divorce was what was needed if you wanted to date someone else. Right. And there was we knew there was paperwork involved. We didn't know. <laughs> right. Of we course. didn't know all the details. But um, so we've talked a lot about how Stacy is approaching – Love very. Mm. Um, the irony is that she thinks she's so sophisticated because she is so crazy about boys, but really, I feel like that makes her seem more immature mm-hmm. than Marianne, who is focused on what they should be right, focused their on their job and does have an actual organic 
connection with someone who actually knows and appreciates her and right um, has spent real time with her like again they sort of were like helping each other with the babysitting stuff because stacy shirked her duties so this boy alex who was the mother's helper for i think a family of three kids that were was he he was their older cousin right no toby was alex's cousin so how was toby there i thought they were all like family and alex was a mother's helper for this family i don't know why toby was there but toby maybe they live there Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. This does not But matter. so Alex was a mother's helper for another family of three. They, Stacey and Marianne see him and the kids on right. the first day that they get to the beach. And Stacey points him out like, hey, I think that's a, a boy mother's helper. And they're like, ooh. Ooh, boy babysitters. What? Yeah, exactly. But so as Stacey is spending all of her time at the beach with Scott and Marianne is tasked with watching eight children and caring for all of their stuff, this boy comes and helps her and they spend a lot of time together. And so they become friends. And by the end of the two weeks, they have, you know, a little bit of a mutual crush. And he has this cousin, Toby, who is 14, much more age appropriate and so dreamy, according to Stacy. But so they, they sort of hit it off after like a day. And so for the last day of vacation, they decide to go on a double date. And so they spend time together and then the two couples like go their separate ways. And Stacy gets a pink shell that he, that Toby buys for her to remember him by. And they go through the tunnel of love and they kiss. And then Marianne and Alex get matching rings in, with their initials engraved in each other's ring for $5 each. Mm-hmm. And they exchange addresses so they can all write letters to each other. But, like, Marianne has come around on boys. boys I yeah. think she even says this, like, towards the end of the book. Like, I used to be afraid of boys. And, hey, they're this, not so bad. This is pretty good. Yeah, which may may or may not set up things for very rapidly approaching yes, development. very, very near future, which I – just based on what the book titles are, because I don't remember reading yeah. that book at all, but I know what, what's coming. What's coming. <laughs> Logan Bruno on the horizon. Yes. Um, Not too distant future with Logan. Every, like, nine-year-old girl's perfect dream boyfriend, um, he is, like, I, I, we haven't gotten to any of those books yet, obviously, but my recollection of Logan is too good to be true. Like, right. He's a Mary th- Sue. So perfect. Um so that's going to be interesting to reread with, you right. know, adult. What he's actually like. With adult eyes. Um, but yeah, the, I love that that juxtaposition of the, um, I think I'm sophisticated because I'm interested in an 18-year-old, mm-hmm. as opposed to what's really mature is having, getting to know people based on who they are, on right. mutual trust and respect and understanding. And, yeah, and having that grow into more than just yeah. friendship. Not to say that you don't meet and are super attracted to somebody off the bat and that right. can't lead to a real relationship. Right. But but Stacy is not approaching it as like this is one way to have this happen. It's cuz even with Toby it's like, "Ooh, look at him. Like here's I I'm, my heart was broken yesterday, but now there's this cute new boy and he's, you know, he dresses so cool and he's tan and like yeah. that's it." And it's like, "Okay, but you don't know anything about him. <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's like, it's another version of the same thing, whereas Marianne is like at the other end of the spectrum, yes. like you were saying, like there's the one way and then there's the complete opposite. And obviously there's everything in between, but like, it's interesting that um, Anna Martin showed the dichotomy of the two extremes, for lack of a better word. And I do really like, um, especially, be- I think it's interesting that, how do I, Ugh. blah, 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 starting over. It just occurred to me, um, this would have been a very, very different book were it from Marianne's perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that it was very intentional, probably, and 
um, because this book is allowed because it's in Stacey's perspective, it's much kinder to her. Yes. Than I think it could have been. Were we getting Marianne's? I, not that right, Marianne we, would have been mean. But you would see a lot more of their frustration because at this, you know, there are a few times when Marianne expresses her displeasure or feelings uh, that she's being resentment, sort of resentment, and the feelings that she's being taken advantage of by Stacey because she's so nice. Even if it, because Marianne does not come across as a mean person at all, even no. in her own head. And so even though it, she would be the one narrating it and we would be getting her internal thoughts, it wouldn't be as bad as it could be like if, say, Christy were I was in just going to say, situation. can you imagine this book if Christy were with Stacey? Right, and oh it was from Christy's perspective. So, I, I mean, I think it's – it's Marion was the perfect person to be sort of the counterpart to Stacey mm-hmm. in this book. And I do think that even coming from Marion's perspective, had she been the narrator – you would have seen Stacy in a much more negative light. And so this allows us to maintain our same feelings about Stacy, that she's the sophisticated one and she's nice, and also see her in a little bit from Marion's perspective when she raises the issues. But like Stacy sort of glosses over those because after Marianne gets sunburned and she sort of like raises the issues to Stacy, Stacy's like, oh, well, I forgave her because she's sunburned. And it's like, that has literally nothing to do with it. And also, you heard nothing that she told you. Even by the end... So I, I hinted at this at the beginning, but even by the end of the book, um, when they, like, resolve and are friends again, um, Stacy doesn't seem to really understand the gravity of what she did right. to Mary. She's like, oh, I could have been around a little bit more. Yeah. I'm like, no, you straight up abandoned her. Right. You made her do the work of two people, and you're still getting paid, paid. for... You got a free vacation, you got paid, and you did n- absolutely nothing of the work. I mean, some minor things here or there. Um, but I wanted, I think, um, this was a good way to approach it in that at reading that as a nine year old or a 10 year old Mm -hmm. to get, cut us some slack because there are girls who I, we're friends with girls. We may not have been as, um, fickle, as Stacy mm-hmm. was, but I definitely had friends who were had a new crush every week. Right. Every time we went to a one of the football games, they'd meet someone different there, and then they were going to be together forever. And I'm like, right. what, what was their last name again? Yeah, who is that? Um, and um, I, I think it it's important to have something like this to say it's going to be okay, and that's that's normal. And right. you're for all that it's called boy crazy Stacy. It is very non-judgmental, of yeah. St- and it takes Stacy's love of them very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like we, um, we laugh knowing, you know, right. with with hindsight. But the book in no way laughs at Stacy or right. belittles her feelings or makes it sound like she's a fool. It doesn't. Right. She doesn't get comeuppance for thinking that she could be with an eighteen-year-old. And that being said, I wish she would have gotten a little bit more of a comeuppance for not having bad romantic right. um, intentions, but for screwing over your friend. Right. For the way that she treated Mary. Yeah. yeah. And took advantage of her and sort of overlooked everything that they were both supposed to be doing because she was too focused on herself. And that's sort of a common narrative in romances, whether it's books or movies or mm-hmm. TV shows that, you know, pursuing your love at, um, at exclusion of all else that I think is, is, a a dangerous, not dangerous, that's a little extreme, but a <laughs> um, a negative trope because yeah. that, that does happen. And then, isn't that the, the new show that's Doll on Hulu? Dollface yeah. on Hulu right now. I haven't watched any I've of it. I've watched three episodes. But yeah, I mean, it's it's this, a 
to give a quick summary, like it's a, a woman who's been in a relationship for five years. And when she got in the relationship, she basically put everything into that and all of her friends fell by the wayside. And I think in the first episode, one of her friends, when she has broken up with the, this boyfriend has broken up with her and now she's trying to reconnect with her female friends. One of the friends tells her like, my mom was sick and I tried to reach out to you and you just never even responded. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's the way that, you know, like you're saying movies, TV shows, books, like your relationship is the most important thing, but like, it's not. (laughs) And babysitters could have done a better job of, of showing like, have the boy relationships, have have whatever sexual, not well, not sexual as a 13-year-old probably, but yes. like r- romantic type feelings about boy, girl, whoever, but your friends are still important. You can't, you can't put them on the back burner and expect them to just wait around forever while I, you pursue all of these other interests. And I think that's why it's um, really smart that the, of all of the girls, the one who does get the boyfriend the serious long-term boyfriend throughout these books is the one who is steady mm-hmm. and would not drop everything right. for for him to, to model that good behavior. Like we've talked about repeatedly, um, more and more I'm realizing as we're going through, I'm seeing the areas where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, here's where there's, um, here's the lesson we want you to learn, big ones and small ones. Right. Um, and I think they do a really good job of making those really subtle. I didn't, I didn't pick up on any of that mm-hmm. as a kid. And even still, it wasn't until a couple of books in where we're like, oh, this is this is a pattern. This is intentional. Yeah, right. It's not just a one-off thing. Um, yeah. Which well, I think is really... I was going to say, speaking of sort of teaching good behaviors. Oh, boy. So this book in particular uh, does a, a good job of paying attention to, you know, avoiding getting a sunburn. <laughs> welcome so, to welcome Kate's Sunburn my, Corner. my soapbox. Um, it's about time you got one. <laughs> so I um, am very pale. We'll just throw that out there. If you've seen the pictures of ourselves that we've posted on Instagram, like I'm, I'm an Irish German girl. Like I, I'm very pale and very fair. I'm pale and Kate makes me look tan. <laughs> <laughs> it's accurate. But so I have always had ingrained in me sunblock, sunblock, sunblock from day one. And I have not always done the best job of like reapplying. So I have gotten some very, very bad sunburns in my life. My brother has gotten sunburned to the point where he had blisters on his shoulders. So my family is very pale. I'll just throw that out there again. Marianne, um, she's 13 or 12, almost 13. She should know by now that she's not a girl who tans. Yeah. She lays, she lays out in the sun. Stacey references having put more sunblock on all of the Pike kids because they do make several references to slathering those kids up with yep. sunblock, doing it on themselves. And then I think it's like the first day, Stacy's like, I put on, you know, a shirt and was sitting under the the, the umbrella. Miriam was like, no, I want to make sure I get tan. Like, girl, you know you're not going to tan. <laughs> and... But she I can least, empathize with the desire. Like, right. I mean, maybe I, this time. Right. When I, when I was around their age, I am sure that I... I know that I did this. I put on some luck and then I lay out because I'm like, maybe I'll get a little bit tan. It doesn't work that way, as we all know. But the the fact that she just like completely disregards her yeah. skin needing sunblock and she not had being it in coming. the sun. Exactly. Like so but then as I was reading this book, I was reminded, like, oh right, Marianne is cannot be out in the sun. Is this the book where she learns that? Cause they knew that she learned it very early in the series because every other time they're in the sun, she's like head to toe, caftan hat, 
the zinc oxide on her nose, sunglasses staying under the umbrella, like covered completely. And I was like, I think this is the one. And then she gets this huge sunburn. And then all of the Pike kids give her like various things to like as remedies once they realize that she has this sunburn. And one of the things that is not very helpful is um, I think Claire brings margarine because you're supposed to put butter on burns. burns. Yeah. And you're not. Don't I, ever I put any burn. No. Don't do that. So that I was a little bit like, oh, you guys should maybe tweak that in one of these rewrites. But or at least like, or leave acknowledge it in there, like, but acknowledge that that's oh, that's not actually proper right. science. Yeah, because like because Nikki says like that's not for sunburns. It's for regular burns. And like, no one no, corrects him no, even. No, it is. So it's like not for any burn. You should have Stacey or, or Marianne say actually you shouldn't put it on any, just so that everybody again knows. teaching the good lessons. But I mean that's that's sort of the big non like relationship type lesson in this one is like sunblock 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 (laughs) and i i know that feeling so so much and it is so funny because that was such a minor minor blip Mm -hmm. to me in this book and uh, to know now that that is something that continues had no clue oh yeah so clearly that was not something i um internalized i i related very strongly to marianne sunburn so there were two things in this book that i sort of internalized growing up um, one is Sea City, New Jersey. I thought that was like the height of sophistication and, and, um, <laughs> like what an Americana vacation was mm. supposed to look like. And so when Jersey Shore came out, I was very excited for that. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. I still unapologetically love those first couple of seasons of Jersey Shore when they were just idiot meatballs and didn't know any better and they weren't trying to be famous. And, um, I think I've seen like one episode of Jersey Shore. Um, <laughs> we, Oh, God, we were obsessed with it. My brother and I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, And I I think part of it is because we're not Italian, but we do have a lot of that same, like, loud love, but also fight, um, like, dynamic is my family. Um, And like to have a good time. We're not like that, obviously. We're not not messy. (laughs) Right. Um, But – but anyway, but when I first – I remember when I fir- when they first announced Jersey Shore, I was like, oh, like Babysitter's, like Babysitter's Club. Club. Very, very different um, yeah. experience. I was expecting the Tunnel of Love and then no. But um, the Tunnel of – oh, I guess it was three things because the Tunnel of Love did stick around. We had like a Coney Island um, little mini amusement park mm. in Cincinnati that a lot of like sports teams would have their day at. It was like a small pool and then like some carnival rides. Oh, okay. So like it, you didn't go to Kings Island. If you didn't go to Kings Island, it was like this little, um, and it was older and a little dingier and it, it, in my mind, I equated the two. Yeah. It was like our version of it. And I remember being on the Ferris wheel with the boy and <laughs> oh God, I found not too long ago when I was moving an old journal. Oh boy. And Oh, I had oh, I had emotions about being on that Ferris wheel, and will he just lean over and kiss me? He did not, yeah. but I was primed for it because of this tunnel of love, right? Kiss. But both of those set aside, the real thing for me was the sun in. Yes, I wanted sun in so badly. Um, was not allowed. No. So, did you ever do the like at home sun in with the I with did the lemon? actual sun in? Oh. At a friend's house. I don't think sun in works for anyone except people that have actual blonde, blonde hair. hair. I agree. Because my hair was – and we did not do a good job of, like, doing good pieces or all of it equally. <laughs> so it was very splotchy and orange and not cute. cute. Not good. Uh, well, the first time I tried to give myself 
The first time I was allowed to dye my hair, my mom was like, you can give yourself red highlights. I was not allowed to go full Angela Chase, but she said highlights. Um, the highlight kit from the box with the like oh, little with the comb. And, no, we didn't even have the pull through. This was like the next generation. It was like comb oh. in. It was like this little, yeah. Um, so our bright idea was, well, she said I could use the highlight kit. Let's just dump it all over my head. Oh, no. And I just like colored my whole head with the, with the highlights. And I'm like, oh, I just didn't know what happened. Um, it did, actually didn't look terrible, but it was not how it was intended. No. Um, and that kicked off my whole hair dye extravaganza that lasted until like six years ago when I, I stopped dyeing my hair completely. Um, and just decided to embrace the gray. <laughs> let it go. Yes. Um, but I had forgotten how prevalent sun in was mm-hmm. back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. Every single YM, every single yep. 17 had like four ads for sun in throughout yep. the thing. Um, and yeah, it was if if somebody was allowed to buy it, everybody would like clandestinely behind the pool, yep. like spray it in their hair, which again, we would do it at the pool, which is full of chlorine. So chemical on chemical, it led to a lot of green hair. Yeah, not a great choice. Even on the blonde people who yeah. um, it worked for, then that chemical helped soak up the chlorine in the pool and it was just, it was not good. No. Or we'd go, uh, it would just wash right off. Like you'd spray it on and then dump right, it. Right, you'd go in, in the pool gone. and it'd be yeah. gone. Exactly. Yeah, you know, sun in. I mean, they also call it. It's like sunlight in this. It's not an actual sun. Oh in. yeah, because they can't. Yeah, but I didn't even. Oh, I didn't even clock that because my brain just filled in. Yeah. sun in. We know. I, do they still make that? I wonder. I'm sure they make some version of it. Yeah, but I I use actual hair dye, so I don't yeah, pay attention knows. to sun in or what sunlight or whatever you might want to use like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because sun in doesn't make your hair bright red. Um. <laughs> Did you ever do the exchange of little trinkets with early boyfriends or early crushes? No. No. Um, <laughs> again, I didn't again, really fair. talk to boys. Fair enough. Um, we did the um, name on the rice Oh, from like the amusement park. That was... Oh, boy. Um, I had a, a boy give me a yin-yang necklace once that I thought was... So cool. Uh, so dreamy and romantic. He was... Um, moving and leaving schools and we were convinced that we were star-crossed lovers and would one day of course reunite um spoiler we stopped writing after about a week yeah so it's hard to keep up when you have to write actual letters emails at least a little bit easier but even that people don't keep up with no um so i sort of getting back to the book we were talking about how stacy had shirked her responsibilities and there wasn't really any like responsibility comeuppance for that um or even like a conversation like i think it could have been interesting if um one of the pike parents had been like hey you're you're leaving marianne in the lurch a little bit i I don't think they even noticed because they they aren't really around they brought these girls but i was gonna sort of transition that into the conversation about christy when she's babysitting oh yeah because there are two very big examples of babysitters dropping the ball in different ways with no real accountability yeah. when the the big mistakes happen. Cause, so Christy is babysitting for Karen and Andrew and David Michael. David Michael wants to take Louie to a, a dog show at somebody's house, like a parade or something. Yeah. So he like gets them all dressed up and leaves, and that's fine with the parents. So Christy and 
Karen and Andrew are going to watch Watson's old Ford that he's had forever, but he doesn't really drive because he has, like, a sports car and, like, some fancy new black car or something. And I'm, like, trying to wonder what kind of Ford it was. Like, I was I'm envisioning, like, a like a just plain old, like, Ford coupe of some kind, but I'm sure it must have been something fancier than that. Yeah, I don't know. But so, but he's had it, like, forever. It's just, like, sitting there doing nothing, but it needs to be washed. And I think Christy says she's only seen him drive it, like, once or twice in the entire time that she's known him. Um, but so... Karen and Andrew start washing the car and Christy's like, okay, you know, only spray on the car. Don't open the doors. Only wash the outside of the car. And then David Michael comes back. Louie has like cut his foot. And so she needs to help deal with that and figure out what to do. And so she, she's like, Karen and Andrew, you guys got this, right? And they're like, yeah, we're fine. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. They're like four and six. So Christy, what are you doing? Obviously Louie is an emergency. You need to deal with that. But so... But stop she, them. Bring them in. Right. Help them have them help with the dog. Exactly. But so she helps Dave and Michael. They call the vet. They figure out what to do. And Karen and Andrew have wrapped up and they're like, we're done. And so Christy goes outside. She's like, that car looks real shiny. They use steel wool to wash the car. That is a thousands of dollars right. mistake. Painting like, a car is not cheap. It, awful. Oh, my God. Last night, um, I took the dog to the... Um, a tennis court so he could run around mm-hmm. and act a fool on the way home we stopped at um burger king so i could get him a little hamburger patty because he was really good and the person in front of me like pulled out and then backed like they forgot something so they started to back in and i could see it happening in slow motion them backing into that pole that, oh. and i'm like yelling out the window i'm like don't no and they and but i'm like I, I heard this, and I was like, oh. all I could think of, was I was this? like, I hope you want your car painted yeah. purple. you want a purple car? Because Watson does, and now it's okay that the kid screwed up his car. Also, purple, that yeah. is, Watson is an interesting character. I want a whole Watson backstory book. I know. Like, who are you, who Watson are you? Brewer? What is happening? Um, that, yeah, it's really funny. It literally now just occurred to me, it's probably a sports car of some kind. I don't, <laughs> I don't, Christy doesn't describe it as like, fancy like it sounds to me like it's watson's like old car before he like inherited all the money or whatever maybe like hang on to a beater yeah like it it has sentimental value okay maybe that that was the way that she was describing it because like she does talk about how in the like real garage there's like their beat up old station wagon and And then then, like a new black car and a sports car and then this like whatever car yeah so four cars yeah more and more watson it's so funny how I mean, I knew Watson was rich as a kid. They they clearly the, make that, right. make that mansion, very clear. Mansion, mansion, mansion. But um, a real mansion, a, a real, real mansion. mansion. Um, I do remember the first time they somebody mentioned something about the third floor, and I was like, third floor. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like a third floor, um, like an attic that they had. Yeah. Like, but they they have an attic, attic also. Too, yeah. Above the third floor. Um, well, and also at this one, they go over to Christie's for like a sleepover, not a sleepover, like a dinner party thing before they all go on their separate vacations. And Stacy's describing that each of the kids has their own room, including Karen and Andrew. Plus, they have a playroom, and then there's like three or four more bedrooms on yeah, top of that, which is just that's, that's a big house. I think we counted ten. We estimated ten bedrooms yeah. last time. I think I think I'm up in my estimate to twelve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's six kids now, plus Watson and Edie, Elizabeth, whatever. Yeah. Plus the playroom, plus three or four more. Yeah, it's like 12. I just... That's a big house. That's a big house. It's a real mansion. The real, (laughs) real mansion. Um, That just seems excessive to me. Like, what do you... But 
I mean, I'm but, a one person. But based on they the have, stories that Karen tells, like, this is a family house that's been around for a long time. Yeah. I'm, so. I think I was sort of picturing more of a McMansion. And I think yeah, it's, that's what I said in one of our episodes. And I think it's less that. I think it's an old estate. Yeah, I, it's, it's been there. We Especially as we, um, Dawn mentioned in the last book that she moved into, like, an old farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we sort of forget that, um. Connecticut is very old. Right. And yeah, we're like there. here in Ohio, like, oh, you know, these mansions are have been built like in the last 20 years. <laughs> um, I, and even Ohio, I my first apartment had been built in the like the 1920s. Um, moving to Vegas, nothing had been built before 1970. I right. was like, this is all new. All new. Um, there was no old, like old architecture there was just tacky. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is probably more of an estate than it is a McMansion. Right. Um, but at, at least, uh, like, I get, sure, maybe he even did want to paint it purple for whatever reason. There should that still be some right. kind of, hey, this is not okay. Like, maybe don't make a huge deal out of it the way it, my parents would have. Right. Because that would have been thousands of dollars that. Yeah. Yeah, cause, but it basically boils down to him being like, you should have been paying better attention, but now I get to paint my car purple, so and it's the, fine. And the same way Marianne was like, yeah, it wasn't cool, but it's all good. Yeah. I, I feel like I wish there would have been a little bit more emphasis on the consequence right. of, of some of that negligence. Right. Like, nothing actually bad has happened here, but you guys need to do a better job in the future, because next time there could be actual consequences. Everybody's just really blasé about yeah. the consequences, which kind of goes against our theme of maturity. Like, mm-hmm. maturity to me is accountability. Right, and learning up from to, your mistakes. Yeah, and saying, this is what I'm going to do differently. And I, especially as a kid, the things that you learn most far are the ones that are serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember having a conversation with someone who was worried about... Um, their cousin or something. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But they were like, and I never forgot this because it sort of resonated with me. They're like, I just am so frustrated because they keep almost getting in trouble and then getting away with it. Mm -hmm. So they're not learning any lessons. And I was like, huh. You always think of getting away with it as a good thing as a kid. But you're right. As a grown up, getting away with it is not what's most beneficial. The, The things that I got away with usually led to me Doing something else more yeah, stupid. Get, and getting doing something worse and then getting in trouble for that. Yeah. Whereas if you had gotten in trouble for the first thing, you never would have done the second thing. And exactly. The, the, you know, the bigger consequences wouldn't have ever even been an issue because you wouldn't have done it in the first place. So I, I think – I mean, I never um, – I was never like a shoplifter. I think I stole a chapstick once <laughs> from, you know, like almost every young person does um, – but it was way too much for me. I was I'm way too anxious of a person. <laughs> I was like, nope, this is not fun. There's not there's not some rush. But um I did know a girl, not well, but um she started off, you know, with a chapstick and then it became a nail polish and mm. then it became makeup and then it she never got caught, so it just kept getting bigger until she finally got caught in high school stealing like hundreds of dollars worth of clothes from yeah. a clothing store and ended up having to go to court and it was on probation. It was a whole like scandal and I was like, this. if someone had stopped her at the nail polish and said, not okay, right. it may not have gotten to that point. Um, it's like you hear about um, now with people who have parents that smooth everything over for them, right. make everything easy until they get to a level that they don't understand that the world has consequences. Yeah. Although that's not to say that getting caught and getting consequences will actually stop you from getting – like, fair enough. There are plenty of people. But, but for them – but as you, if not young enough, I think, for the most part. I mean, not necessarily. There are people that are 
You're right. They're just bad people. Yes. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm a bit of a Pollyanna that way. I, I have to be. That's what I do for a living. I have to believe that um, stuff like that works. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think my biggest issue with this particular book is I really wish there were mm. just slightly more consequences. Right. I don't need her to be grounded. I don't need her to, like, go home crying and never babysit right. again. Just an acknowledgement that, like, I need to do better next time. Both Christy and Stacey, like, I made a mistake. I owned up to it, sort of. I think that's sort of the thing, that neither one of them seems overly, like, upset about it. Stacey's right. like, eh, Marianne was bummed at me for a little while, but she got over it, so we're fine. Like, yeah. there was no – she didn't process her role in making – Marianne right. upset. Yeah, because even at the end of the book, they're both like, I'm so glad we got to do this so we got to know each other better. Because when they're going into the trip, they're both sort of like, we don't, you know, we're sort of like the outside friends, you know, like. Yeah, like, the inner circle versus the like. Out, yeah, yeah, like, like they're all friends, but like Marianne and Christy are best friends and Claudia and Stacey are best friends. And like Marianne has a better relationship with Claudia because they grew up together. So Stacey's like outside of that and so they don't ever have like adventures on their own essentially you know it's like exactly. on a sitcom when it's like I was just okay gonna we're gonna that. match up these two people and like it's always fun when it's like the people that don't usually spend time together that was um new girl was always really good at like pairing up people that mm-hmm. um wouldn't necessarily make a lot of sense together and it wound up having some of the best like i, I cc and um winston is what i always oh. think of like <laughs> on the pa- on paper they have why would they ever right. hang out like he's She's the best friend of a girl he lives with and the sometimes girlfriend of one of his friends. But yeah. It's right, not like, but like Jeff why and I, they hang it's out? It's not like Jeff and I go hang out on our own. Right. Um, and, um, but it led to some great things. And yeah. so I, I do like that they are, even this early in, starting to switch up that. Right. Yeah, it's not just um, these two go with these two or like these two go together and these two go together and never the twain shall meet. Like – Mixing it up, giving them all opportunities to, like, learn and grow with different people. Um, Because different people do bring out different Mm -hmm. sides of you. There are – I mean, you act very differently with me than you do with, like, friends from your law firm. Um, I act very differently with you than I do with my siblings. Like, there's just – different people bring out different Different dynamics and relationships. Of your personality. Exactly. Um, One of the things that I noted, too, as I was reading through this is – so as I mentioned, I didn't really – realize not didn't really realize i just straight didn't know before we started doing this and researching that um it was intended as a quartet that Mm -hmm. expanded and you can really feel it in these first couple of books outside that quartet is it really starts to those were more standalone books and now we're really starting to like build off of things that happened before and reference back and build the world a little bit getting to know the kids have their own distinct personalities and less um like in the first couple of books, the kids had a little bit of personality, but it was – they were there to service the babysitter's right. story. Now we're starting to we, – we're getting to know the Pikes. Right. The Pikes each have like individual personalities. We know that the parent their, – their lack of rules, like that they have their own unique things. Um, so I, I'm going to be interested to see how that continues mm-hmm. to to play out. So I do feel like there's a little bit of wheel spinning in right. in this last book – in this book, Christie's Big Day um, – I don't know, maybe going forward, it's going to be interesting to look look out for, mm-hmm. um, to just sort of figure out, like, ooh, okay, what comes – how do we keep this right. going? What is the what is the plan? And I think that that's when the timeline is really going to start to, yeah. to get crazy because uh, to this point, it's been very straightforward. Right. But again, we're on book eight um, and um, we've got um, – 
I don't know, maybe two or three books for the summer, and then we start eighth grade, and then that still leaves us a lot to go on. So that's that's really my timeline talk for mm-hmm. for this um, for this book that uh, we haven't progressed more than just a couple weeks into the summer. Right. We're still about halfway through. So if there's been Christie's big day was the first like one quarter of the summer. Mm-hmm. This is another quarter. I'm guessing maybe two more books before we head back to school. Just uh, again. Purely conjecture, but yeah. Um, then there's a lot of ways to go. But um, I'm also in my yarn wall. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be continue to focus on how they now are building off of each other in right. a way that they weren't before. Um, what about you, Miss Fashion Watch Maven? Anything? Um, well, we've got another great example of Stacy's sophisticated fashion. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, I, re- I know exactly which one you're talking yes. about. So this is at the very beginning of the book when they're going to Christy's house for the you know party before they all go their separate ways for the two-week vacation. I changed my mind six times before I decided on this new pink shirt I got the last time we went back to New York City to visit friends. Big, bright, green and yellow birds were splashed all over it. It was gigantic, so, yeah. it, so it would be cool. I put it on I put it on with a pair of baggy shorts, looped a wide green belt around my middle, and hunted up some jewelry. Silver bangle bracelets and a pair of silver earrings shaped like bells that actually ring when they dangle back and forth. Yikes. Yikes. However, um, at the end of the book she buys another bikini from the main drag and she said it was pink with palm trees and parrots all over it, and I was like, I can get on board that with works that. for a bikini. Yep. Um, I also did when they get to Christie's house, her description of Christie, cause they're all like nervous. Like, how do I act at a mansion? Oh, yeah. Like, what, what am I going to do? And her mom's like, you've been to Christie's house before. And she's like, but this is for like a dinner party, even though it's literally like them eating sandwiches in Christie's bedroom. Yeah. But she's still like, what, what should I wear? And, but so like Christie's going to be uh, randomly become a completely different person right. overnight. So I think it was the sight of Christy that brought us back to reality. She was sprawled outside the elegant front door of Watson's house, eating a popsicle, reading People magazine, and wearing cut-off jeans and a holy white t-shirt that said, I heart my, followed by a silhouette of a collie. Her feet were bare. And I didn't copy this, but I, I think she says something like, even in a mansion, Christy's still Christy. Yes, I did. And it's like, that's, I like that. I do too. It's I like, like that Christy's was a good... still the same person and they like acknowledge that and she, you know, they were all nervous that like now she's rich so she's going to be totally different. It's like, no, she's still your friend. She's still Christy. Which is again, something that's like nice for kids to know, like just because your, your friend's life is changing in some other way, like they're still your friend. Yeah. And so it's it, a nice like message to get across to like little kids reading these books for sure. 100%. Um, did... Oh, I did mark, too, that she noted some of Toby's fashion. Did you know what he wears on their date? I did. Because this one made me laugh a lot. He So she says this about it. Alex did look great, but I thought Toby looked greater. I didn't say so, of course. Toby was wearing these baggy white cotton pants and an oversized blue and white striped sweater. Totally cool. And I can absolutely picture Toby 100% in my, in my mind. He probably has got that, like, bowl cut sort of floppy oh, hair. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, I, that that painted a very vivid picture of every boy that I thought was dreamy in seventh and eighth grade. Um, That's fair. More the more feminine looking, the better. <laughs> <laughs> um, were there any sort of like random last thoughts before we move on to wrapping up this episode? Not really. Um, I did note that she says at the end, you know, I'm not really much of a letter writer, but I think I'm going to keep it up for him. And I was like, oh. So you're going to write one letter. You're going to learn a very hard lesson, my friend, that I have learned many, many times in my life. I literally just about two years ago tried to start a pen pal and uh, it lasted one letter. Yeah. It's not great. No. Um, 
I think my only other thing, so Byron, one of the Pike triplets, is afraid to go in the ocean. Oh, yeah, we talked about um, his phobias. So he he's afraid of going in the ocean. He's afraid of haunted houses. And I was like, I feel you, man. When I was in fourth grade, um, our on Fridays, our teacher would show us movies. Um, a lot of times it was like documentary type things. So we would still be learning even though we were watching movies. It was like Friday afternoon, like every other week or something. Um, one Friday, they decided to show us Jaws, the real story, which used scenes from the movie of all of the shark attacks. I was traumatized. I thought, sh- okay, this is like an embarrassing ad- ad- admission, but I'm just going to put it out there because it's Hello, have it's you heard of, like half the things that I've admitted to this episode? Uh, this is pretty stupid. I was, I after we watched it, I like went to go to the bathroom before the end of the school day and I was afraid a shark was going to come out of the toilet and eat me. Okay. Okay, fair enough. That's how dumb I was. My, my, but my I love of Pat Busher is not quite on the level of. <laughs> I did not go in the ocean. We would go to either New York or Florida to visit my grandparents every summer. I did not go in the ocean at all, even, like, to walk into it, probably until I was a teenager. And, like, not, not like, 13 teenager, probably, like, 16 teenager. And I'm still afraid of sharks. Even though I know the likelihood of being attacked by a shark is, like, nothing. And I live in Ohio, so I'm very rarely in the ocean at all. But, yeah, all those Ohio shark attacks really... Uh... But I, I'm afraid of sharks. The end. <laughs> well, hello. Um, my parents showed us the birds when I was yeah. very young, and my absolute terror... Uh, I, I love horror movies. I love scary stuff, but my terror of birds is rather legendary. Yes. Um, and amusing for you guys. Um, it's actually not that amusing, because you are very loud when you're afraid of okay, things. Okay, fair. And it happens most often in public, because well, we're on the street. It's if, very rare that we find birds in someone's house. Yes. Ugh. I have been in houses that have all birds, and I don't don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> yes. Bir- birds are your nemesis. Birds are my nemesis. Um, so um, well, the homeless man that I um, scared when I dive bombed out of a bird once. Uh, when I like the bird dive bombed me, and I like ducked out of the way, I startled him, and he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I'm very glad that I could bring some joy <laughs> into oh, the boy. world." Um, what would you say is the big life lesson overall? Like. Don't shirk your responsibilities. I, I think that that's what they want it to be, but I don't know that that's what I really walked away with it thinking because there was no, wasn't as much consequence. I do think though, and this is maybe going back, stepping back from what I we were talking about earlier, but like I do think people reading this, even though Stacy didn't get any consequences, I think had a, and I don't remember exactly what I thought reading this as a kid, but I know that at least me as a person reading it, would have thought like... As a Marianne. <laughs> as a Marianne, I would have been like, what the hell, Stacey? Like, you need to do your job. And so I, I think oh, that's... Oh, that's true. That's you know, like, point. even though she doesn't have any consequences, and I guess even with Christie's irresponsibility to a certain degree, it's like, you still know that that's bad. That's even though true. they personally in the story don't get the comeuppance or the, you know, the consequences of their actions that we would maybe want reading it now as an adult. But I think as a kid, you still would pick up on that. That's fair. I was going to say love or duty over love. <laughs> I'm um, but no, I think I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, so what is on deck for our next episode? So our next episode is The Ghost at Dawn's House. And we'll just throw this out there. We are recording this episode after we've already had to prepare for our next episode. So we're going to be a little bit more robotic sounding in our predictions because we had to write them before we had this conversation, before we actually read the book. So 
they are going to be a little less conversational than you might be used to listening to us. We're going to try to avoid having to do this as much as we can, but obviously scheduling is what it is. Especially we're heading into Halloween. Yeah, it's it's Sunday before Thanksgiving right now, so it's... There's a lot of scheduling things coming up, so... But boy, oh boy, did we not like how this all worked out. Like, we had, like, a 10-minute conversation this morning. Yeah. Like, this sucked. Never yeah, again. Like, we have to do what we can to make sure this doesn't happen. But luckily, because of our every other week posting schedule, we're gonna we're now getting to the point where we can relax our recording a little, a little bit. bit. So hopefully, you guys won't have to deal with us being ro- robots reading our, our predictions. Dis- predictions. So here is my prediction for book nine, The Ghost of Dawn's House. Okay, so I remember this one vividly. Like, I have a sense memory of being in my childhood bedroom, reading this and getting slightly freaked out by the quote-unquote ghost. But basically, Don is babysitting for a brother, I think, and another boy comes over and misbehaves, and Don tells his parents and he gets in trouble. As revenge, he starts sneaking into the hidden passage between Don's house and the barn that runs through the walls in the house and acting like a ghost to scare Don as revenge. Don figures out there's a hidden passage and that it's this kid. I want to say his name is Eddie. And and why? Eddie (laughs) Haskell? Shh, I'm being a robot right Sorry, now. Sorry, be a robot. <laughs> so I, uh, blah, blah, blah. And she figures out that it's this kid and why and resolves everything. I also have the sense that I don't remember that kid ever coming back. Also, because I barely remembered Phantom Phone Calls, I always thought of this as the original non-mystery mystery BSC book. Gotcha. So you remembered far more, as per usual, have remembered <laughs> far more than I did. So what I got was um, Dawn is convinced that there is a ghost in her old house because it's old and it's like creaky and 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 moany um i thought maybe it was based on either one of two things either a like town legend that they read about in school or was in the something like some kid told them about you know some the town ghost which is pretty normal in books and or media some Mm -hmm. local legend i was like or more conceivably karen made up some story and it got in all of their heads and they like um were convinced themselves that it was um, haunted. But I did recall that there was an actual secret passage. And I could not remember um, why or how. Um, And here's where I'm going to um, just put a little bit of my ignorance on display. I was like, underground railroad, question mark? (laughs) Um, It seemed like an underground... I remember conflating it because... So I grew up in Cincinnati, right above the Mason-Dixon line. So the underground railroad was like... A thing. You could go on tours of... It's a thing up here, too. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I wasn't... But I, for some reason, had it convinced... Or I was convinced that once you crossed into the north, you didn't need the Underground <laughs> Railroad anymore. Um, so I was like, Connecticut seems a little north for... Or a little north and east yeah. for, for needing Underground Railroad passages. And I was like, oh, that, I, that I'm showing my white privilege ignorance around, yeah. around that. Um, so I, I don't know... I, that's that's what I got. I, I remembered okay. something about a passage, um, and them thinking it was a ghost, and that was that was the extent <laughs> of it. Um, but I really thought it was going to be some kind of underground railroad, like um, special after special of the week. Like this is why they had um, uh, okay. passages because, and they were going to learn a very special lesson, um, and that's what I expected going into this week. You'll find out. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss further which uh, which of us is more or less in certain situations correct. Um, I have a feeling you can probably figure it out on your own. Uh, I well that 
Make your predictions about our predictions, and we will revisit <laughs> next week, uh, or I guess we'll revisit in a couple of days. You guys will hear in two weeks, because um, it's going to be interesting talking about what our predictions are. Uh, yeah, now having actually read the next book, um, it, it's there are a be couple a, of things. A that... fun conversation. For yes, us. I, I agree. Okay, so uh, any final club business, Lauren? Um, thank you guys for listening so far. We. Um, we're having so much fun with this, mm-hmm. but uh, make sure you rate, subscribe, review anything that you can do to um, whatever people raise our visibility yeah. and and um, continue or to, to, to quote Karina Longworth from you must remember this. Tell anyone you know, any way that you know. Can, yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, we'd love to hear from you. How how can people reach us? Yes, you can follow the podcast or including reaching us via DMs on Instagram and Twitter at generationbsc. You can email us at generationbsc at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this episode of Generation BSC is now adjourned. Say hello.